It is the sound of revival, victory, 91.5, Josh Garrels and his song, Sleeper. Hi there, Brian Race, in for Keith Davis today. And, of course, we've been enjoying listening to our general manager, Ray Haynes, all morning long, uh, teaching on Pentecost. Ray was telling me that Josh was uh, one of your favorite concerts. Oh, uh, he really that was. That you've ever been to. We brought him to Warhill some years ago. Now it's been too long. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, he just uh, pared down acoustic, just a sweet guy. I just told stories and played his guitar, and we were just blown away. You know, as I was listening uh, to Reisenstein on the way down, listening to your teaching on Pentecost, uh, one of the questions that popped into my mind is, what is our role in Pentecost? Yeah, and, and it's a big question, because, you know, as you're encountering God, what do, what do we do? Is is there something about Pentecost that, that, that we need to step into? And the answer is... I think that that makes it so difficult and why there's so much controversy around that with the infilling and tongues and all is because the real answer is no. It is really all about God. Your your job is just to be filled. You know, you're the you're the cup in the in the in this situation. Literally, you're like, oh, well, I got my empty coffee cup here, but you know, when I take this up, I don't have to go. If if this cup doesn't obey me right, I won't get to have coffee. That's not going to happen unless it's broken. But if as long as, the, as long as the cup is functioning, you know, it's it's all it's. I have to do the work. The cup doesn't do anything. And and you know, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you ever struggled or sought God on this, that's the bottom line question. We're only really like halfway into this journey. So me and Brian are going to spend some time together now, walking through this next phase. So if it's all about God, I want you to think of these different aspects. What's unique about Pentecost is, you know, there's, I mentioned this in the last break, all the different sacrifices there were, and there was a, a truckload of me and meal offerings and burn offerings and sin offerings and fellowship or peace offerings, and good gosh, there's all of these offerings going on. So when you get to Pentecost, every major sacrifice is present. So it's important to realize that only Christians can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, it has to do with everything that God has done. It's been leading to this. He wasn't satisfied with just our salvation. He wanted to fill us. To this day, my favorite name of Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. It just, you know, I, every time I get to Christmas, I just, that's what I look forward to, songs about Emmanuel, because it just does something to me, because, and I don't know if it was the baptism that did that for me or what, but I just... I love the reality that God can't get close enough. We have this, uh, we have two dogs, but this one uh, fat little dog, I guess fat and little shouldn't really go together, huh? But uh, Jack, you know, he's one of those dogs that can't get close enough. You know, if he's going to sit beside you and the more he eats, the heavier he gets. So he sidles up and he's just, you know, he's pushing on you and I'm always having to go, push him away a little right. bit. You're way too close. <laughs> you know, this notion that God can't get close enough, man, that just blows me away. And so this is the reality. All the sacrifices, everything that God has done is for the purpose that he could draw near And the second thought is the date is unknown. Every other festival, it's this certain date of the month. But Pentecost, you count from here, you count 50 days, and then it's this. So the fact that it's unknown is God is fully in control, and it's a language that you don't learn to speak. In fact, there was a a great test of, of just what is tongues, and they monitored the brain, and they looked, and it, it doesn't activate your speech centers in your brain when you speak in tongues because you're not speaking a language that you know. So 
in in Pentecost, whereas the other first fruits you're waving barley, this one you're two leavened loaves. They're already loaves of bread, and you're waving these loaves of bread. So two elements are required. And we're going to show on this a number of different ways, but in this sense, consider it the Holy Spirit and you are necessary. And that's it. It's your wedding day. It's an aspect of becoming one with Christ, which causes your life to be fruitful. You know, a marriage produces offspring. It produces fruit of some sort. Whether you have children or not, if if you don't have children from that marriage, oftentimes you you impact sometimes you have spiritual children i right. remember when we were youth pastors kelly and i you know we had long before we had children we had lots of spiritual children still do after all these years but then you also have natural children and there's other things there's just so many things but there's a there's a fruit of you coming together if you join together with a person and then produce nothing you gotta ha- you do have to ask yourself, what is this coming together? If we're accomplishing nothing in the kingdom, so as you're looking for someone, if you're not married, if you're single, there's a good question is, what is it you're going to produce? It might help you find the the one that loves you. I remember when Kelly and I were first began dating and just meeting, you know, we were working together with Young Life as well as in the in youth ministry of the church. And, you know, there's this natural flow of fruit that just, it was obvious. You know, I didn't have to be that bright to go, hey, she might be the one. (laughs) It was that. So the other aspect is it's out of control. God does it. You receive it. Probably the toughest part because, and that's sometimes what hinders people from being saved as well. They're just trying to do something for God. And really, in that sense, God wants to do it through you, right? Deuteronomy 4, then you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain and the mountain burned with fire in the midst of heaven with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sounds of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. So, you know, when you come to Pentecost, it's about you hearing. It's about something changes that this, this, even if it was just noise before, now you hear the voice, and it's the voice of God. First fruits was the harvest of barley. Weeks for Pentecost was when the summer wheat and other crops harvest were brought to the temple. So in the same way that if you remember how Israel was forbidden to eat the barley crop before the Feast of First Fruits, same principle applies towards the wheat and other crops. And here's the, the why. We talked about this a little bit. I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. God's looking to do something more. It's not just about eating the wheat. Uh, Acts 1, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. But you shall receive uh, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there is no salvation or infilling of the Holy Spirit without the cross. There's no power apart from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is his way. So... Obviously, you'll hear us say a lot, we're the sound of revival. That is a deep passion. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, tongues, healings, salvations, and profound repentance with a life change have been a part of every major revival and move of God in history. All right, so if if you're uncomfortable with some of the aspects of God, what you're going to end up is being uncomfortable with revival. In other words, you're going to hinder 
the revival of God in your own life. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the Moravians in the 1700s. They started a 100-year prayer, <laughs> the first great awakening in the 1700s with the Edwards and uh, Whitfield, the second great awakening in the 1800s, that was Finney and Booth, the Welsh revival and Azusa Street in the 1900s, that was Roberts, uh, Parham, and Seymour, the Hebrides in the 1950s, so that was Duncan Campbell, and Brownsville in the 1990s that I got to be a part of. Uh, each one of those had all of these elements of it. God moved in every one of those ways. And it was really at Azusa Street uh, about 110 years ago, God launched out when they encountered tongues, for instance. They had no idea what it was for. They assumed it was for evangelism. So they sent missionaries everywhere and if you go and you try to pattern it out in, in the modern day around the world, not America, but in the nations, uh, spirit-filled believers are by far the most dominant believers because of that. From 110 years ago, God sent forth what he did at Azusa Street and filled lives over and over and over again. And they're still being filled today. So I want to challenge you. Even when some things can be a little uncomfortable, this one is definitely one that's uncomfortable because you have to fully trust God without understanding, and that's always going to be uncomfortable. Ray Haynes is our Bible teacher this morning, and uh, folks, uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know what a blessing this is. If you just now tuned in the radio, the good news is there is more to come. We'll also be telling you shortly uh, how you can hear some of the uh, segments that you may have missed. So stay with us. It's a very uh, important time on the radio as we're looking forward to Pentecost and all that God has for us right here on your radio station.